Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast on alanarnett.com. It's Monday, May 3rd, 2021. I want to give a brief introduction and then introduce Garrett Madison, who I just had a live interview with over Zoom from Everest Base Camp as he was getting ready to leave on his rotation, his team's second rotation up onto the mountain into the Western Coom. Uh, I dive into the COVID situation with Eric Garrett a little bit, not to bury the lead, but uh, his team is doing well. They have had no cases whatsoever. But sadly, that's not the case for uh, several other teams at Everest Base Camp. But again, getting information out is very spotty these days. Uh, we do know that uh, COVID has uh, penetrated Everest Base Camp. We do know that there are people that are isolated there. We do know that there are people that have come back to uh, Kathmandu and tested positive. And we also know that some people have gone ahead and flown home. We also know that uh, India is having a serious explosion in cases, and that's now leaked over into Nepal. Nepal will be shutting down its domestic and its international flights in a, in a day or so, if they haven't already. They've also shut down the border with, um, with India to try to prevent uh, people with the virus from coming over. But uh, it's almost certain that uh, Nepal is going to get worse before it gets better. So that leaves the people up at Everest Space Camp in kind of a sticky wicket. Um, you know, we know that the virus is up there that is growing. We also know that the government is completely denying that there is a, a problem at Everest Space Camp. But the, uh, the doctors at Everest ER today uh, held a, a group meeting of all of the, the expedition leaders uh, to review some basic procedures, basic protocols about everybody wears masks, hand washing, social distancing, and most importantly is to maintain your bubble. And so, you know, if you look at the various scenarios that, that could develop over the next uh, few weeks while the Everest season continues and uh, the Nepal situation uh, continues, that, you know, the first scenario, I call it not in my camp, that basically an expedition leader will say that everything is fine uh, and there's not any issue in their camp and they're going to continue to uh, climb this season as normal. The second one is that uh, sure enough, there is a case here and there. They evacuate the climber. Uh, they isolate the rest of the team from everybody else at base camp, but they continue to go up and down uh, to, for their rotations and they aim to be summiting here soon. The third case is that, uh, you know, the cases continue to grow. It permeates all the teams. So one by one, um, there's a lot of uh, people that are getting sick. There's a lot of evacuations, but still climbing continues. Uh, then we start to see people perhaps at camp two that begin to get symptomatic. So they have to get flown back from a very high altitude and that becomes incredibly problematic. It's hard enough to breathe at camp two at 21,500 feet, um, in normal situation, much less with a, uh, with a COVID virus that attacks the lungs. And of course, the nightmare scenario is that, um, that almost everybody at base camp uh, ends up getting sick uh, with COVID. Uh, helicopters are trying to fly them out back down to Kathmandu. But the problem now is that the hospitals in Kathmandu are starting to get filled with uh, local residents who have COVID. They're running out of supplemental oxygen to treat them. Uh, so, you know, what do you do? Where do you send people that do get sick, especially if you decide that you want to try to effectively close uh, the entire camp? You know, I guess it, uh, that brings up the question of whether Nepal would take that step to, uh, you know, to declare a, uh, a disaster, basically, and close Everest Space Camp. Uh, you know, there's a couple of precedents when Everest Space Camp was, uh, quote unquote, closed, although technically it's never been closed. In 2014, when that Serac fell off of the Everest West shoulder and killed over 14 people, Sherpas, in the icefall, uh, the Sherpas went on strike, uh, seeing that uh, that horrible situation as an opportunity to bargain with the 
government for more insurance and uh, better work conditions. Uh, effectively, they got nothing back from the government, so they walked off the job, bringing the season to a halt. Now, uh, government officials never said that Everest was closed in 2014, but they did extend the permits that year for five years. Then the following year the, is when the earthquake hit. And again, um, a very devastating situation. Over 18 people lost their lives at Everest Space Camp. Of course, that paled in comparison to the 9,000 people that lost their lives across all of Nepal. Uh, but the icefall uh, was effectively, um, the route was effectively broken. Uh, the icefall doctors left base camp, so there was no one to work on the icefall. Uh, camp uh, climbers were up in the Western Coombe, including myself, in 2015. Uh, they had helicopter back down to base camp to find the devastation there. But once again, uh, the government said that, uh, you know, that the aftershocks were mild, and even though it was a 7.8 initial magnitude earthquake, the second one and the third one were in the low seven range, so they were nothing mild. Uh, they were just almost as devastating as the original one. Um, but nonetheless, the government said that, uh, that people would still climb on the mountain, but you know, there was nobody there to give any type of support. So again, the season came to an effective end. So, you know, what's going to happen next? Uh, you know, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, I've been to Nepal for close to 25 years. And one thing I learned is never assume how they or any other country responds in a crisis. But no doubt this is a crisis. Uh, but, you know, to some extent, Nepal has accomplished the objective. They've already pulled in over $4 million in climbing permits. But now it becomes an issue of saving face and, and pride. You know, one viable scenario may be just let this base camp situation play out. The government gives the operators some form of air cover, like with a press release about how bad it is. And if operators choose, then they can volunteer to cancel their expeditions. So then you've got the expedition operators saying that, well, Nepal suggested it. And then Nepal could say, well, the operators suggested it. And so basically, they take care of themselves. Uh, but the good news about that would be that they could take their uh, unused supplemental oxygen bottles and uh, take them to Kathmandu hospitals, which would be a great humanitarian uh, move on everybody's part. Uh, I doubt seriously if that scenario would take place that uh, Paul would extend the permits. Uh, this one is a little bit different than the other two, uh, although you can arguably say is uh, basically the same as out of people's control, even though they chose to go there. Uh, but still, uh, it's an opportunity for the government to, uh, to claim that they did an excellent job of managing it along with the different expedition leaders. So, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, lots of different scenarios there. It can go lots of different ways. Uh, we're already at May 3rd. Uh, by now, the ropes should have made it all the way to the summit. Unclear. We do know that they made it all the way to the South Coal, but typically it takes a day or so to get it up to the summit. And that's what opens the door for teams to go up. Uh, I've been saying that I, I fully expect to see summits in the second week of May, which is right now, you know, we're at the beginning of. Uh, definitely looks like we're on track if everything uh, stayed the same right now, in other words, the COVID situation didn't get any worse, that um, we would see the normal uh, spike in summits uh, starting around May 17th through May 21st, 22nd, 23rd. So there's still lots of time in the season. The jet stream is continuing to behave itself staying far south or north of the of the peak so the winds are staying low um so overall things are actually going uh, pretty well you know given how difficult that it could be okay so with that let me uh, turn it over to garrett madison keep your toes i'm recording now <laughs> hey everybody i've got garrett madison from everest base camp hey garrett how you doing man you look great <laughs> doing pretty well it's 1 40 in the morning here and 
Nepal and uh, we just got up, we're having breakfast. We're about to set off in 20 minutes to climb up through the ice fall and uh, to camp one and camp two for our second rotation. Plan is to spend three nights up at camp two. Will you uh, stop at camp one or go directly to camp two? We're gonna stop at camp one briefly. We've got some members that went up yesterday to break up the journey to camp two. So they spent the night at camp one last night and uh, they'll be getting up this morning in about six hours and hopefully we'll greet them there and have a hot cup of coffee and then all set off together to camp two. Hey, heard that there was a, um, a little bit of a collapse in the upper ice fall. Uh, I guess it was Sunday now, this is uh, Tuesday morning, your time. That's been repaired obviously? Yep, yep, they got the ice fall route fixed. So it's in good shape as far as we know. And a couple of people got bruised, but no, no serious injuries. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. A few small bruises, but fortunately nothing serious. You got to tell me how you look like you just got out of a GQ uh, magazine shoot. I, I've never understood this. You, this is how you looked on the summit of K2. And, you know, I, I just don't <laughs> understand this. You got to tell me your secret. <laughs> oh boy. I don't know. I think it's just getting a, a little bit of rest before our, our Alpine start here at midnight. Uh, to get up and go. So whatever we can do to get a little bit of sleep sure helps. What'd you have for breakfast? Oh, I had some eggs, bacon, uh, oatmeal, and yogurt here. And i uh, going to bring some potatoes and boiled eggs with me up on the mountain. Some some real food rather than the, uh, the, the sugary snacks. Sweet baby Ray syrup. <laughs> oh, I had some of that on our pork chops for dinner last night. <laughs> oh, pork chops. <laughs> Hey, listen, just real quickly, because I know I, I want to be very respectful of your time. Um, it looks like it's not too cold right now. No, not too bad. It's been warming up a little bit. And with this cloud cover we've had last week or so, which is supposed to continue, it's uh, keeping the temperatures a little bit more stable rather than those clear days and clear nights where the temperature fluctuates quite a bit. Yeah, good, good, good. On a very serious note, uh, you know, of course, the world is watching every space camp right now, trying to speculate whether there's uh, an outbreak of COVID or not. I think it's pretty well confirmed that there has been COVID at base camp, and there's people currently in isolation, people back in Kathmandu. It's a serious situation. I understand that many of the expedition leaders got together and met with uh, Everest ER, the volunteer hospital there. Can you give us an update on how that meeting went? Um, I didn't attend the meeting myself. We had a representative there, but, you know, we're just doing the best we can to stay in our bubble here, to isolate, to not mix with others. And so far, we haven't had any COVID on our team um, that we know of. And uh, our team seems healthy and strong. And so we're just kind of trying to stay in our bubble and stick to our game plan here, climbing the mountain. Um, I have heard that there is COVID going around on some other teams. Fortunately, everybody's okay getting the care that they need. Um, but uh, we're just planning to climb the mountain. And I know Nepal is shutting down international flights here in a day or two for 10 days time. Um, and we're just planning to, to stick around and climb and hopefully in two weeks or so, three weeks from now when we finish our expedition, hopefully safely and successfully, uh, those international flights will be reopened and we can get to where we need to go and go home. But uh, we're just uh, hanging here at Everest Base Camp. We've got it pretty good right now. We've got plenty of food and uh, propane for hot showers. And uh, we're just focused on climbing the mountain as is. That's great. And uh, yeah, so it is pretty clear, though, that the virus is, um, you know, is all throughout Nepal. It's really, you know, it's come from India and it's now starting to have a big, huge second spike. So to your point, there's now uh, lockdowns and airport is in and out domestic flights. So I guess you'd have to walk back to, uh, to from Lukla to Kathmandu. <laughs> 
we'll see. That might make it interesting walking back to Kathmandu from Mount Everest, just like the old yeah. days. Yeah, really. And then you're going to have to walk to the shore of India, then catch a steamboat back. <laughs> hey, it's an adventure, right? <laughs> Always. All right, Garrett, thank you so much for taking the time. I really am glad to hear that your team is uh, be being able to execute the strategy of the bubble. Uh, you know, you, Donald, you and your members, but also your Sherpa staff, your cook staff, um, you know, any porters coming out, in and out. Um, you know, I know there's a couple other teams that are also having similar success like uh, Lucas is. Uh, so, you know, my best to you and the team and, uh, and uh, you know, give the guys I know on your team a little bit of a high for me and best of luck going through the ice fall. Climb fast, climb safe. Will do, Alan. Thanks so much. Appreciate your kind words. All right. Bye-bye. Cheers.